Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your regular host, Joel Silverstone, but today I'm handing it over to our guest host, John Newhold, co-owner of the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. And we're talking today about what makes a great presentation. Have you been trying to get your presentation from good to great and wondering, okay, maybe even struggling, what is the best way to use Microsoft PowerPoint? And then to be able to present it with a confident and engaging delivery style? Yeah, you're not alone. And that's why we created this episode. The combination of the technical and the soft skills be able to guide you and bring out the best in your presentation. And this is episode two as part of our significant four podcast series on presentation skills on how to feel more confident, engaging, prepared, and the right tools with your presentation skills. We're talking today in what makes a great presentation, the how and why in designing it, the key principles in delivering it, taking that fear out of public speaking, and what are the best ways to use PowerPoint to be more impactful. We have two guests, and our first guest is Christine Irons, Great Canadian Training's lead software instructor and courseware designer. And previous to that, Christine worked in human resources at York University for over 20 years as an instructional designer, trainer, and learning specialist. Christine is a certified master Microsoft instructor, and she brings all that extensive knowledge of adult learning theory to Great Canadian Training, whether it's designing, delivering live classes, or creating e-learning that truly teaches. And our second guest is myself, Joel Silverstone. You might know me as the regular host of the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Well, when I'm not hosting, I'm the senior professional skills facilitator and coach here at Great Canadian Training. And for over 20 years, I've been helping leaders and their teams on how to feel more confident and impactful with their communication and leadership skills in live and virtual sessions across the world from small businesses, government agencies to Fortune 500 companies. I'm also a speaker at many HR, learning, leadership, and professional services conferences across North America. Now, presentation skills are not easy, but you can get better. And it is that combination of the mindset, the intention, and the tools that's going to get you from good to great, whether you're presenting at a meeting or to hundreds. And speaking of presentation skills, at Great Canadian Training, we're offering our unique great series, Become a Great Presenter with MS PowerPoint and Presentation Skills. And in one day, you will learn the skills to connect and engage, and also to be able to develop and master your MS PowerPoint. So email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca, info at greatcanadiantraining.ca, and mention great to get more information about our great series and how you can become a great presenter with MS PowerPoint and presentation skills. All right, let's hand it over to our host, John Newhold, in what makes a great presentation. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm John Newhold, one of the owners here at the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. Normally, you'd be hearing Joel's voice right now, but I'm happy to join today because we have a special episode. Not only are we interviewing our senior software instructor, Christine Irons, but also as a special guest, we have our own Joel Silverstone, our senior professional skills facilitator, joining us as a guest today. <laughs> Joel sounds excited. So, I'm very happy to be able to talk with you both on this topic. I'm happy to fill in for Joel as a host for this one special episode. So why don't we meet our guest, Christine? How are you doing today? I'm very good. Very excited to be here for the podcast. Christine, thanks so much for joining us today. John, thank you so much for taking over hosting duties so we can really get into this discussion around presentation skills. This is going to be good. 
Now, I'll share just a little bit on my side of things here, even though I'm the host and it's not supposed to all be about me. But, you know, one of the reasons why Joy and I started this company was we saw a gap in people's technical skills. But but technical skills aren't enough. Each of us also needs the professional skills to match them. In the case of presenting in front of an audience, that means designing a slide presentation that effectively captures and holds the attention of others and also knowing how to talk to the slides to match the content. So both of you have experience in training on these topics in your specific field, either technical or professional skills. So I want to I hear from your experience. What kind of gaps have you personally seen in the training participants that you've worked with? Why don't we start with Joel? Thank you, John. First off, it's probably very daunting when when one thinks of presentation skills. And I think that's also one of the challenges is I want to get my slides right. I want to get the theme right. I want to get my my delivery right. And, and most importantly, I want this delivery, this presentation to have an effect. I want a call to action at the end. And I want this combination of my slides and my delivery to have that effect on my audience, whether there be one person or or 100 people or 1,000 people. So definitely there's always been that gap about lining that up where either they're too focused on their slides and they've kind of let go of their presentation or they're too focused on their presentation and they're, they're not, they haven't given any thought or detail uh, that's needed. And of course, Christine's going to share that, that part of it on the, on the presentation, on the, the PowerPoint slide of it. So yeah, absolutely. There is, there is a gap in, in the, in combining the two and, and this is what I'm looking forward to this discussion. Uh, about and so happy, Christina, you could be here to give some of that insight because, um, yeah, people either have the technical or the soft skills, but not them all together. From the technical side, I'm finding exactly the same thing. People come to the courses, the PowerPoint courses, to learn the technical skills about you know how to insert bullet points, how to insert images, that type of thing. Um, but the gap that I find is that um, they want to learn the how to do these things, but they don't understand that there's also a why to them as well. Why are you doing things a certain way? Mm. You know, best practices, or why are you not doing things a certain way? You know, you get your death by PowerPoint kind of thing. Um, like I'll have participants come in that they know how to insert bullet points or they want me to teach them how to insert bullet points, but they have no idea how many bullet points they should be putting on a slide or how many bullet points is too many and why why should you not have that many on a slide uh you know they they know how to insert an image but why are they or why should they be putting uh more images on powerpoint slides than text mm. so i find that gap i can teach them the technical but we really do need to teach them the whys behind it as well that's, that's great yeah and so what do you think, Joel? How is what Christine just said going to make people better <laughs> What presenters? she just said there, I, I really like that, Christine, is the why. And I think that is so important. Each slide should be, uh, should be a prompt. And, um, and, and that's what it, it's, it's not. <laughs> basically, well, what I always say to the participants is, um, why did you just email this to me? Why are you bothering to deliver this? Why did you bother putting a slide together? Because I can read it as your audience member. You could have just emailed it. There's no point in all of us coming to this room or signing on virtually. We could have read it at our leisure. So exactly the why. Why is the audience looking at this slide? What is the what is the anecdote? What is the data? What is the meaning? Why is this relevant to them? Um, and that's that's the prompt for the presenter 
then that's how it comes together this is now a prompt for the presenter to deliver the the depth of that slide what is the meaning behind that and this this combination is really important for years like our company has provided technical training courses and for years it's provided professional skill training courses but that's why we've started to merge some of them together into what we call our great series of courses and in this case it's our become a great presenter with MS PowerPoint and presentation skills course that we're talking about. Now you both take part in training participants in this course. Each of you focuses on your specific aspect of it. So Christine, in your part on the technical side of things, you talk about the five basic principles of avoiding death by PowerPoint that will make us better presenters. Can we get you to share a couple of those yes, with us? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, there are, well, there, there are more than five, obviously, but uh, the big five, just as an example, um, one thing that you should make sure you're doing is only presenting one idea at a time on each slide. Don't fill your slides with multiple topics. So, for example, uh, if you're trying to sell a vacation property and you want to talk about food and accommodation, don't combine them onto one slide. People are just wired to be able to focus on only one topic at a time. And if you do have multiple topics on a slide, I guarantee as you're talking about one topic, they're reading or focusing on the next topic and they're not listening to what you're saying. So you could create a slide all about your food. You could create a separate slide all about your accommodation. Split it up. Um, uh, another point that we talk about is things like big objects and moving objects are more visible. So if you want to steer the audience's focus, make something bigger than something else or make it move. I mean, you don't want to make everything move in your presentation. You don't want to go overboard. But if there is a reason that you need to steer your audience's attention, make it move. Like if you think about TVs these days, uh, the big thing about TVs is they're large. They have moving objects. They're contrast rich. They have signaling colors like your reds, your yellows, and your oranges. Those are the big things that catch people's attention. So yeah. we try to teach that through PowerPoint. Yeah. So Christine, training someone effectively using PowerPoint for the purpose of presenting in front of others, like it's not just about showing them what all the features are and what the buttons and the software do. It's rather why you want to use those buttons and the wet best way to do those things and how to really put it mm -hmm. all together. Like I always tell, I always tell a story about my dad, when I was a kid, his favorite snack was he would take a, a bun and put it on a plate and he'd take a, a hot dog and he'd warm it up and he'd put it on the plate, but he wouldn't put it in the bun. And then he'd take a dab of mustard and he put the dab of mustard on the plate, but not in the bun or on the mustard. And then he put some hot peppers beside it on the plate. And that is how he would eat his snack. And so he had all the ingredients for a hot dog. But for some reason, he chose not to combine them all into a hot dog. And while that, while that worked mm -hmm. well for him, I think the average person would say, if I wanted to have a meal, I would probably be happier if all those things were combined effectively together. So you can have all the features in PowerPoint, right? You can have bullet points and pictures and things like that. But unless you combine them all together in the right way, in just the right proportion, mm -hmm. 
it's not going to make an appetizing meal. It becomes an appetizing meal when everything is put together in just those Absolutely. right proportions like you're talking well, you about. You know, John, you know what I, so, what I like about that anecdote? Um, first, now, of course, I'm trying to think of a food anecdote from my, my um, presentation skills. But what I like about that anecdote is if the audience didn't know that a hot dog could go in a bun and you could put those fixtures on it, then to Christine's point, we would have all these different combinations and we wouldn't know what, what the association is. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, part, of, part of our job in the training is to teach people how to put it all together and combine it into a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Which, as I've always seen like from my time as training too, when you teach someone how to do something and then they go back to their job and the other people don't know how to do those things, it's like they're yes. a wizard. You've given them superpowers because they are now implementing those things to other people, the uninitiated, yeah. who do not know how, how these things can be combined together. And suddenly those people are blown away by their abilities, which they've learned in what is a, you know, a relatively short True. amount of time. And it gives that person extra confidence too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so Joel... When it comes to presentations, a lot of people also talk about the first impression. How yeah. important is a first impression? First impression, you know, no matter what we do, <laughs> the first impression is going to last. Because basically, within the first few seconds, the other person is asking themselves, uh, do I like this person? Can I trust them? So that's basically the first two questions. So we want to right off the bat, and that for, so when we're doing a presentation, uh, we want to show that they're that they could trust us because we're in front of them and we are bringing some expertise, bringing some knowledge, and we want to set the tone. And that's one of the things that we do in the in the presentation skills course is set the tone is so important. Um, you know, the rest of the way you can have some ideas around that. But most of, if there's one thing that you have to know really well, it is that beginning so that you can come in with confidence and you can set that tone. Um, because that's one of the key principles in, in what we want to do. Um, you want to get your audience engaged. So, you know, we call it the, the, the sense of purpose. Why should they care? Uh, what's in it for them? And it's vital because everybody's multitasking now. Uh, and it's not just even even if you're not looking at your phone uh, while someone's presenting, you're thinking about all the emails, you're thinking about all the messages, you're thinking about what you have to prepare for dinner. Um, so people want to see value right at the top as much as possible. Like this is going to be worth my time. And what I'll add to that also is at the same time, nobody goes to a present, nobody's going to be in your audience and go, man, I hope this is going to go really poorly. So know that when you do your presentation, everybody's actually wants you to do well because they, they want, they don't want to feel uncomfortable. They want this to go well. So do know that that when you start. And I think it would be natural when talking about learning how to be a better presenter that you would think, oh, your first impression is what happens when you stand up there? How do you look? Or what are the first things that come out of your mouth? But the truth is your first impression starts days before your actual presentation because it starts when you start to design your slide deck. Because in addition to you standing there in front of the audience, the first thing they're gonna see is also those first few slides of the deck. And so we have to think, okay, well, how is that going to impact the way that we design our slides? So from a technical perspective, Christine, what would you say is the biggest mistake that people can learn to avoid when designing their slide decks that, that would make a bad impression on mm, their audience? That's an easy one. That is a very easy question. Um, 
the biggest mistake that I have seen is filling the slides with all of their talking points, whether it's paragraphs of text or bullet points. We were talking about death by PowerPoint earlier. Uh, your PowerPoint presentation uh, is there really just to support your message. And a lot of people think of PowerPoint as the presentation. Actually, you are the presentation. Everybody should be, pay the, the audience should be paying attention to you, not PowerPoint. Uh, Microsoft even mentions that PowerPoint was set up just as a support, just as an aid, not really to hold a lot of text. So I try to teach people to make it image heavy. You're the one that's talking. You want people to focus on you. You, you do the talking points and then you've got the image to back it up. And I'll give you a little statistic here, but our brains are devoted to visual processing. That's what we're wired for. And your audience will learn and retain 60% of something if you do it with images as opposed to 6% if you do it with text or, or data. It's all brain science. So design your presentations with graphics. You can make notes, uh, run your presentation and just uh, have little bullet points for your notes. And that's another thing, by the way, I wouldn't, if you're going to make notes in your presentation, don't write full paragraphs of notes because when you get up to present, you'll end up reading off your notes. If you make very little um, bullet points with just little pieces of text, you're actually more flexible and you sound more natural because your brain starts to put together the full sentences in a natural way as opposed to reading off the text. So that's what I see the most people yep. coming in with full presentations of text. I get the sense if, if someone were to put too much on each screen, either your audience is going to be so engaged with all the info on the screen that they're not paying attention to you at all, or it's complete information overload for yes. them. Their eyes glaze over. And next thing you know, they're looking at their phones or doing yeah, something else. Just like Joel's point, the multitasking, uh, people just multitask. So as you're talking, they're going to be reading your fifth bullet point down rather than listening to you talk about the first bullet point. And you know one of the one of the the traps I think where where people got into was that for so long so many organizations got lazy in the sense that the PowerPoint deck was also the guide uh, or the book <laughs> or the reference materials. So the power so it, instead of making a separate guide, uh, they would just do you know have your deck be uh, basically be emailed. Uh, and then present it. So everything that was in those slides was also what was the information that was being given. So I think we're, we're getting away from that. And, and it's take, it's difficult for people to, to give that up that, oh, everybody needs to know this, but it's also, and, and this comes to sort of the, the challenge in presenting is, you know, when you're seeing those bullet points, I'm sure people were going, oh no, but there's so much I want to cover. I'm going to forget something. And when we're presenting, it's, it's, um, what does the audience need to know? So that's going to help you guide in what's going to be important from the bullet points. Because when you're writing it all out for yourself, then you're more focused on trying to remember the script versus trying to remember what does the audience need to know. Why I'm here is because the audience needed a tool, needed some guidance, needed some advice, needed some suggestions to be more productive, to be more efficient, to be happier, uh, or to sell an idea. 
Um, and that's where we want to keep our focus. And so if you stay true to that theme, the bullet points will be easier to remember. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think oh, I was just going to say that um, even I was mentioning this earlier, but um, Microsoft says that PowerPoint was not created to be a software that distributes information. It was not set up to be able to distribute information. They recommend you actually use a different software like Word. So you can give your presentation, have it graphic heavy, but then the information, if you need to distribute it, you could have a separate document in Word or use your notes pages for all of your talking text and then print your presentation with the note pages. But the actual slides were not That's set right. up as a distribution of information. That's right, yeah. Use the right tool yes. for the right job, right? Exactly. My dad also <laughs> yes. taught me that. That was a that was a good thing from him. Uh, I find this melding of the minds we're having here fascinating. L let's take a short break, and then when we come back, uh, Joel, I want you to share a, a common mis misconception about presenting that uh, you shared with me earlier, and then I want to get some of your uh, experiences, both of your experiences and anecdotes from your uh, time training people. Terrific. So we'll be uh, right back. Congratulations. You're on the path to leadership excellence by listening to this special podcast series on presentation skills. At The Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company, we want to help you feel even more confident, skilled, and impactful in your presentations. So we're excited to share news of our new one-day course. Become a great presenter with Microsoft PowerPoint and presentation skills. Our great series of courses blends the best of our professional skills training with the technical skills training needed to execute what you've learned. In this course, you'll learn the techniques to create and deliver engaging presentations. Learn how to design an effective and dynamic PowerPoint presentation, and then take the next step by going beyond your PowerPoint slides, inspiring others to take action with your new and improved delivery skills. Whether delivered virtually online or in person, our live expert instructors and facilitators will help you evolve as a leader and deepen your development with our specially designed, interactive and engaging Become a Great Presenter with Microsoft PowerPoint and Presentation Skills One Day Course. To learn more about this course and our great series of courses, visit us at greatcanadiantraining.ca or email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca and mention great in the subject line. And we're back. Okay, so before the break, Joel, I was talking about a common misconception you shared about presenting and the first step in overcoming it. Can you share that yeah, with us? Yeah, uh, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is I don't like speaking in public. So fear of public speaking, which <laughs> is is probably number one for, for most people. Um, let's borrow. Let's borrow from the world. The world of of Hollywood here. You know how do actors do it? Because actually, when you meet actors, they're quite introverted people. Most of them are not really extroverted people. Um, and that's and Christine, you know, you get up on stage in front of thousands of people, and you're yeah. you're singing away. Uh, and and as you said, you you may not want to be a public speaker, but you have no problem to do that. And there, so it's that same idea, which is, um, it's I'm. It's not about you. It's about what what people came to see your show, for example. People came to the show to hear great songs, hear great music, um, and take them down uh, a certain pathway, a certain feeling. And so the same thing when we're presenting, it's got nothing to do with you. It is, uh, and when we're off, when we're just focused on ourselves and trying to remember our script, then that's what the problem is. It becomes about us. But you were invited to do a presentation on 
you know, for example, selling an idea to the board. And the board is curious about why they should go ahead with this idea and why they should move uh, forward with this and what are the pros and cons and what are the logistics of that. And so that's what they're curious about. So the presentation is all about how can I make this easy for the board, as an example, to make to to go into this idea. It's got nothing to do with you. So that should that's one way of being able to shift your mindset. Uh, because it is about sharing ideas, it's sharing about sharing facts, it's about sharing solutions. So it's switching the focus from yourself to how can this help the audience. And then the course that we're going to do with Christine, um, you know, that's where we're going to be building on the the structure. And we both agree about about lean. And that's one of the that's one of the first things in our in our in the, the presentation model is is start with being lean about how can your ideas be clear and simple. Because from that first impression, you're not just setting the tone for your audience, you're also setting the tone for yourself, that you're going to stay true to a theme. And going back to the idea, Christine, about, you know, not putting too much into that slide, it helps when you you have one idea per slide and moves it along and why you're telling that. So that's the misconception, fear of public speaking, kind of, kind of a long answer about that. But it, it is such a big one, um, but it is switching from yourself to what does the audience need? Yeah. And I can see people also focusing on the information mm -hmm. too. But if it's all about the information, then again, I'm also still not thinking about the audience. I got to think about why is this information important to the audience, which means I have to think about it yeah. from their perspective. So we always got to be thinking about yeah. it from their perspective. Look, it's really neat to have both of you here because we've got <laughs> five decades plus of experience combined between the two of you in training. So I think we'd be remiss if we left without getting you guys to share some interesting anecdotes you've had of uh, people you've trained in the past, how they benefited from training or overcome a certain challenge or so forth. So uh, what about Joel? What about you? Do you have an anecdote you can share with us from your history of training? Yeah. You know, there was a period of time where I, I was working with, with one particular department within, uh, within a bank and it was the IT department. And so these are people, you know, generally who would not be um, the type who would do uh, uh, presentations. They would rather, they would rather not get up in front of people and have to present the ideas and often when we say technology, it already precedes that, oh no, this is going to be complicated. So how to make very complicated ideas simple to the audience that might not understand fully technology. They had to speak to different divisions of the bank and basically explain uh, what new processes were coming into place or why they needed more funding for these processes. And one of the things about simplicity was, A, you know, to, to take all the jargon out of there um, and to realize, you know, what does your audience need to know? And most importantly, uh, with that, it's um, taking the sort of the I, like, I believe this and I'm going to do this and or we're going to do this. And it's really about what you're going to see, just switching it from the I, I, I to what you're going to see, um, how this is going to affect your world, what you can do with this. So even just a simple switch from I to you uh, goes a long way. Um, and, and setting that tone at the beginning again, we keep stressing this, but that is so important, uh, for them to be, uh, why, why is everybody here? And in a way that could be clear that everybody in the room can understand. That's great. What about Christine? What, you, what story can you share with us? Uh, well, I have, uh, a recent experience actually that really sticks in my mind. Um, I had a woman that attended, my PowerPoint level one class. And she felt that she knew PowerPoint. She had created several presentations, but one of her presentations 
was a presentation that she took with her and she traveled from department to department uh, to give this this um, talk or this presentation. And she wasn't getting the reactions or the results from the presentation that she expected. And she came to this PowerPoint level one class. And one of the things that I teach in the level one is we just talked about this earlier, trying to uh, get away from putting too much text in your PowerPoint slides. Now, the way that I usually start a presentation is I actually fill it with a lot of text. So it's more like a brainstorming session where I put the bullet points per slide. That's not how I plan it to be in the end, but that's how I start. Just get it out of my head in the presentation. But then I teach people, after you've done that, go back and start your slides again and start from the first slide and look at the first slide, read what you've written, and then ask yourself, is there a better way that I can present this rather than all this text? Is there an image I could use? Is there smart art I can use? And then you start analyzing each slide and you make it better and you make it better. And sometimes it takes three or four passes before your presentation is sort of born and you're ready to actually presented and she left the class and she came back for a PowerPoint level two and the first thing she did was come to me so excited and so happy because she did that she took that presentation and she went through it slide by slide and she said she actually did the three or four passes through it and she said now her presentation is gorgeous. She's actually more confident and, and she's more natural reading it uh, after putting together the presentation like this. And she was so thrilled that she came back to the PowerPoint level two to see if there's anything more that she can <laughs> do to make it even more exciting. And it just made my day. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great story. I, I, it really highlights it's important to know that being good at something like creating a slide deck in PowerPoint doesn't mean that everything you do has to appear fully formed out of your mind no. the first time. Having a good process in place is what will make you good. Yeah. At I think skill. actually it's more stressful if you put that kind of pressure on yourself and you start to try to create your presentation and expect that each slide is going to be exactly the way it's supposed to be when you give your presentation. Just do a brain dump. Just get your information on there and then start going through it. I really like that, Christine, because you're that's you know, when, when we're communicating, when we're writing, or we're trying to deliver, create a presentation, it's that self editing as you're doing along the way and you're, you're breaking up the flow. So, I like the idea of brain dump. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about finding the images and all that, just you know, get it all out there, get everything you think you want to say. <laughs> Put it all there. Yeah. It's easier to trim it down, and then, as you said, and then find the right image, or you know, as we're presenting the the right points that you want to bring out out of that, versus the other way, which is you know, find a picture and then find something to do about that. Yeah, you'll find the creativity just kicks in yeah. when you start looking at it with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. You get more and more creative. Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked a lot about this new course. Uh, in our great series about presentations and PowerPoint. And I'm very excited for you two being able to deliver that together. What is it the two of you are looking forward to the most about this course? I am so looking forward to seeing, and, and Christina and I are, are, are working together on this, meaning that 
the group that goes through working on their deck are then going to you know work with me on the, the delivery of it and they're going to have a theme either something that they're working on presently and they could actually work on it in real time with us or we're going to give them a theme just you know to practice but it's it's really the experience of the confidence like christine was saying that, that confidence that people have like oh i i get how i can do this uh, and this is easier than i thought and i'm really proud of my presentation and then uh, and then, yeah, to be able to bring it up to life and to be able to to practicing it aloud and it matches their slides. It's just the feeling of pride that people are going to have from doing this is is going to be a really rewarding experience because, you know, presenting is you, you can't help but feel that you're going to be judged on your your deck and your delivery style. So that just to go into a presentation and feel good about your slides look great and you are your ideas and everything. It sounds great and it compels people to action. Uh, it's just going to make everyone's lives easier. And I think that's important to highlight one of the things you said, Joel, this isn't just like a tips and tricks course where it's a bunch of random information kind of assembled together. Like taking this course is like a full through line experience of where you're building one thing from the technical side, you're making the decisions and then you're carrying on through for the rest of the day and learning mm -hmm. how to present it. And you're leaving having gone through that entire process on this one topic so that then you can go and apply that yeah. in your own yeah. work. Right. Um, Christine, what are you excited for about this course? Excited? I'm excited for the excitement, the <laughs> excitement of the participants uh, when they realize at the end of the course how they know how to use PowerPoint properly now. They know what to avoid. Uh, they know what's going to make their presentations better. And then the excitement of them going back to actually apply it in their jobs. Uh, so at the end of the course, I usually hear from people about um, how, I have to use the word again, how excited they are to go back and actually create their presentations as opposed to that dread of, oh no, I have to do another PowerPoint. I don't know how to create it or I don't know what the best methods are, what is going to catch people's attention, that kind of thing. And then as Joel said, the confidence that they'll now have in creating their presentations. And then you add Joel's presentation skills, they feel more confident in actually presenting it. And yes, John, that's correct. We're going to approach this course where I teach them the PowerPoint side of it and they will build a presentation, just a small presentation. And then they'll take that presentation and uh, Joel will come in and then teach them how to present it properly. So they just work through it from beginning That's to right. end. Absolutely. You know, as, as you're saying this, Christina, it makes me think that we've we're, we've created like a club where it's like, oh, I, w I want to be part of that club. Uh, you <laughs> know, it's like you're, you're like looking in from the outside and going, who are all these people? How did they get invited into yeah. that? So when you have this ability to understand how to use the deck properly and how to present it properly, uh, it's even like when you see you, when you're a kid and you want to learn, want to ride a bike, you see everyone else riding bikes. It's like, I want to be that. And all of a sudden you do that and it becomes unconscious. Uh, and you're you're no longer self-conscious, and I think that's one of the beauties yes. of this is something you feel very self-conscious about starts to become a new habit. Yeah. And we're going to have fun doing it too. Yeah, for sure. 
great. Well, you know, thanks so much, both of you, for chatting with me today. Thank you, Joel, for letting me take over the hosting duties for one episode. It was great to talk to you both on this topic. Uh, Really excited to see people becoming better presenters with PowerPoint and, and their presentation skills and truly becoming great at those skills. That's our goal. Awesome, John. You did great as the host, by the way. Thank you, you so much for stepping you, in. <laughs> Appreciate that. Anytime. Glad to help. Thanks. You too. You have too. a great day. And now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can take into your practice. Number three, the first impression. Start strong by knowing your opening. Why should they care? What's going to hook them? Why is this relevant to them? As Christine says, you are the presentation. So you definitely don't want to put too many bullet points, especially at the beginning of your presentation. Number two, purpose. Each slide has purpose. So you should only present one message per slide. In Christine's example, if you're trying to sell a vacation property and you want to talk about how good the food and accommodations are, split that information into at least two slides, one for food, one for accommodations. And that also from the delivery side is going to help you because each slide is your prompt, whether this is an anecdote or the data you're sharing, but it's one message per slide. And finally, number one, why? Why are you setting up your Microsoft presentation in this way? Why are you choosing to use bullet points when a simple graphic would explain that? And from the presentation side, why are you sharing this thought? And how does this fit into the theme of your presentation? And of course, why should your audience care? And now the next step. If you're not quite sure where to apply these three stars quite yet, well then ask yourself this one question. Could this information have been read Or did people need to come to the presentation? And then, of course, your next step could be join us for the great series and put it all together. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you. And we will see you next episode.